What's up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. I uh, wanted to reach out and say thank you guys for all the listens, all the love. We see it on social media. We see it on YouTube. It has been sensational. And we want to encourage you guys, if you guys are enjoying the podcast and liking it, that you guys subscribe and like it, uh, whether it's on YouTube, on our UCLA LAFB channel, or the Bruin Bible, uh, to subscribe either through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you guys listen and react to it because it's going to allow us to do much greater things in the future. We're creators. We want to be giving the best Bruins content to all of our UCLA listeners. The only way we can do that is if we have a fan base that is locked in and helping us out. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. If you guys have been liking it, please help us out with a like and subscribe. Los Angeles. What a day. November 18th, 2023 will be in the history of UCLA Bruins football, the lore will always come back to this very day, talking about the day that the Bruins trounced crosstown rival USC in a 38-20 to victory in a game where they held USC to six yards rushing. They showed up with their backs turned against the wall after losing to these two Arizona schools and just put on a masterclass display to the point where we thought it was over, man. We thought... You know, Chip's time may be done here at UCLA. After everything that I've seen, you know, transpire on that football field and everything going on forward, you know, from Martin Jarman's comments today during the game that we were able to hear where he had let Chip know those are just rumors, he doesn't believe that, to Casey Wasserman saying, hey, I don't want Chip fired, to what how the team performed for him today. And I've got a direct quote from the locker room, Madman. Uh, Ethan Garber's coming out saying that was all for Chip. Like what we did today, that was all for Chip. Just a phenomenal day on so many different levels. And I just want to gauge your level of enthusiasm and interest. You were at the game. You were at the Collie today. Madman, does it get sweeter than this, than trouncing the Crosstown rival with a Heisman Trophy quarterback? I don't think it does. No, it doesn't, Will. No, it doesn't. And <clears throat> I just have one question, you know, and one statement. It's a great day to be alive and be a Bruin. And sure. with everything that was happened over the course of this week and over the course of the last two weeks, uh, we didn't know what team we would get given everything that has happened. Will, this has been a soap opera in terms of locker room disunity. Uh, you have the players tune chip out. Is there just a complete uh, fractionization of the team that's taken place? We're already sort of, sort of talking about other head coaches. Um, and for this team in this particular situation, after being six and four, after losing the opportunity to compete for a Pac-12 championship game to come in, and to play the way they played and put their best performance of the season together against the Heisman Trophy winner, against the $100 million coach, against this uh, arch rival across town, and to do what they did in the, in the backdrop of, of Casey Wasserman having to come to Chip's aid and all the things you mentioned. But, Will, to me, it was all summed up in that Garber's quote where everything that w- they did, they did for Chip. And for this guy who's been through so much, and obviously, he's not your traditional version of charismatic 
He's not your traditional version of empathetic. He's not your traditional version of being gregarious. But my goodness, if he, if that is not the greatest litmus test of your leadership and your engagement, when the number one booster in the ecosystem and the athletic director and all of the big power brokers are behind you and your quarterback who stayed with you through thick and yes. thin over the yes. years comes in and says, everything we did today, we did for him. There is no way you can say this guy doesn't have leadership abilities and he doesn't have an ability to galvanize a team when given the right situation. And so I'm so happy for this team. They showed the values of what it means to be a UCLA Bruin, tenacious, gutsy. They were the underdog. They were written off, and they competed, and they believed in each other. And there was just such a beautiful moment there, Will, at the end of the game where they all huddled up together. They all came in a circle with the flag, and they ran to the faithful, the Bruin faithful, in that little sliver in the corner of the Coliseum, and they all celebrated together. And they loved being Bruins, and they loved basking in the victory. And they showed loyalty. They showed tenacity. And it was just an incredible moment and the highlight of this season. And boy, oh boy, when UCLA has it rolling like this, the sky is the limit and anything is possible. It was such an awesome day because I think like most of us, we come into this game, two very poor showings in these last losses. And you're just, you're thinking of everything that's gone on with USC and it's likely going to be Caleb Williams' last game in a USC Trojans uniform. And you're just going, yeah, there's no way he's going to lose. I know they've had a rough year. I know Lincoln Riley wants to solidify the fan base with a win here. You know, we are against the ropes right now. And the comparison I gave to you over the phone today yep. was this is like Rocky against Absolutely. Apollo Creed, man. Apollo Creed is wailing, wailing. And we had the toughness to fight back in the team. You know, we were disunified two weeks ago. Boy, did we get unified in a quick manner this week. It was so beautiful to watch. I want to talk about Garbers. You made some awesome points with Garbers that – I think he is a guy that I'm really excited to talk about. I want to talk about Chip's future. I want to talk about all this stuff. But we have to start out with the <laughs> this team, this UCLA school has had in so long. And, you know, for all of USC's faults, no defense to be found whatsoever over there. They have a Heisman Trophy quarterback that's one of the best prospects we've seen in a long time. Lincoln Riley, for all of his faults and what he's done as a head coach at USC – we can all agree this guy has been an offensive innovator in, a, in the very highest degree in terms of college football. And for that defense to come out there and just out-tough, out-muscle, the unity that they showed on the field, I mean, it was just I, – I was blown away, Madman. They let up six yards rushing today. It doesn't even make sense. Three yards, excuse me. Three, three yards, yards, Will. That's what I was about to say. Three you gave yards. USC too much credit. You doubled up the credit, you know? <laughs> I doubled it up, man. It was, it was three it yards rushing, Will. I mean, it was it was absolutely staggering what I saw. And you knew. I, I had a sense that this game, a few folks were asking me, you know, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, we'll know within the first drive in terms of this team's level of engagement. And on that first drive, when oh, they yeah. were able to stuff USC on that fourth and one with Austin Jones, on USC side of the field, that set the tone for the entire game. Latu was all over the place and sort of demonstrated what a great player he is. Four sacks overall for the team. Nine tackles for loss, Will, and they absolutely shut it down. I mean, it was 14-0 all given the defense. They had that stop with Austin Jones. Garbers did a terrific job kind of managing the team down the field with some scrambles. Hits Harden on that T formation into the end zone. And then they forced the, the branch fumble 
punch it in again with that beautiful play action to Habermill, and it's 14 nothing before you know it. Yeah. And, you know, Will, I, I thought there was a kind of a critical moment at 14 nothing when Devin Kirkwood made the interception, oh, yeah. and it looked like this yeah. thing was going to run away at, at the end of the first quarter. UCLA doesn't get any points on that drive. Then they come down, they miss the field goal. It becomes kind of 14-7, and you're starting to wonder, okay, is this where potentially there could be some disunification because the defense has played their tail off, but the offense hasn't given enough of a cushion. Does this defense sort of hang in there? And boy, oh boy, those drives will at the end of the first half where Caleb is kind of driving. They get into the red zone. The two sacks by Latu just getting stuffed on those perimeter bubble screens. They stuffed Rice. They stuffed Taj Washington. Marshawn Lloyd couldn't do anything. SC understood that inside the red zone, they were the weaker team. They were the softer team. UCLA completely owned the line of scrimmage. And then at the start of that second half, to have that resounding drive and the toughness of Garbers on that flip ball there, you know, on third and goal as as the defender was sort of hanging on his shoulder. And then to get the scoop and score, Will, and then finish it so strongly as they did. There was kind of a garbage touchdown there at the end. This thing was 38-13 with about three minutes to go. Uh, This defense owned this game. Caleb Williams looked lost. He looked dazed. He looked confused. And three yards rushing. Marshawn Lloyd with the fumbles. They couldn't get anything going. And this, just for precedence here, this tied for USC season low in points. The only other time that happened was against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame will forced four turnovers and had a number of different short fields. This was in the Coliseum to hold this team that is a top 10 offensive team to basically under 20 points with those last points in garbage time is one of the great defensive performances in the history of this rivalry and one of the great defensive performances in recent Pac-12 memory. This defense is for real, and I believe this defense is going to ride this team to a victory against Cal and and a victory in the bowl game and really end this season out strong. Yeah, man. Four sacks, nine tackles for loss. It was just the guys that stepped up on the defensive side of the football. You expect the Latus and the Murphys to make plays out there. But, you know, Kenny Churchwell forcing that fumble in the first half on Zachariah Branch. You know, Carl Jones with that first tackle for a loss to make it a fourth down situation yes. against Austin Jones. Kirkwood, we've talked about him in the past. He's been so inconsistent in the past game. For him to come down with an interception out there on the sideline, when we're up 14-0. That was the first moment where I, you know, computed in my head. I'm like, wow, we've got a real chance at winning this game. I know it was 14-0, but you got to factor in what the USC offense is capable of. And then the last play, man, we have seen flashes of this guy so many times throughout the year. Kamari Ramsey on that fourth down tackle. Absolutely. You get Taj Washington, where a guy was in his face, ran through the guy, made the tackle, got Washington out, turnover downs in the middle of the field. Just the collection of talent of people stepping up. You know, John John Vaughn's made plays out there. Yeah, that was a great hit that John John Vaughn's blew up there in the middle of the third, blew up Caleb on that play. And you could just see, Will, the, the level of tentativeness that Caleb had over the course of that game knowing that he was going to get physicaled up. And what I loved about this team, Will, is they just owned laterally. Every time SC tried to do a bubble screen, UCLA was the faster team. Every time USC tried to run up the middle, they got stuffed. UCLA was the tougher team. Every time Caleb tried to sort of throw a ball in traffic, he missed more balls this week, Will, in term, from an accuracy standpoint than he has probably all season in terms of guys that were potentially open that he airmailed. UCLA was the better coach team. 
I mean, every phase of the game, offense, defense, I don't know about special teams, but we'll just leave it at offense and defense. UCLA was clearly the better team. This was a resounding victory in every sense of the word. And I love the fact that it was such a collection, Will. You mentioned the Latu and the Murphy twins, but the up-and-coming guys. And the fact that Ramsey has now firmly established himself as the anchor of that secondary. And then, of course, the great story, the Cinderella story of this defense all year. Our friend, Will, Alex Johnson with the scoop and score. And just amazing. And then just even the resilience, Will, of of a Davies to stay in there and stay competing even after he slipped and fell with that Rice play. And, you know, that could, in, in games past, in years past, that's a play where the defense and the secondary in particular would have lost confidence. And then if you recall, Will, that game two years ago at home against Arizona State, one huge passing play led to six, seven, eight other huge passing plays, but not today. Not with this team, not with DeAnton Lynn. It was just one bad play. They flushed it. They moved on. They went to the very next possession, and they were relentless, much the way they were relentless at the beginning of this season with the likes of Utah. I couldn't be more proud of this team and how they competed. There's so many lessons to kind of get out of this game for UCLA fans. You know, substance is stronger than style. You look at USC where it's the most, they throw money at the program, like no other program on the West coast. You get your Lincoln Riley for a hundred million dollar contract. We're just estimating on what that is. Your Caleb Williams coming in in the transfer portal, the NIL stuff. They had the number one transfer portal class, just throwing money at that. At the end of the day, man, values and culture, Always win over money and attention. And UCLA put that to the test today and showed just how special they were and how prepared they were for the moment. And there's this line I love uh, from one of my favorite movies, A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger, where they go, you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. It's from the Bible. And it is a line where it's like, you've been put to the test and you have failed completely. And that is what USC did today on the football field. They failed completely. I'm going to be, you know, as bluntly honest as I can be. And I think some people may look at this from a UCLA podcast point of view. That team looked spineless, had no, you know, heart in the game. So, I mean, we talked about disunification with UCLA. Are you kidding me on that other side of the ball? It looked like nobody wanted to be there. We have people coming to this program for USC from proud institutions like Georgia's national championship teams with Bear Alexander, Shane Lee from Nick Saban teams. You know, Caleb Williams coming over. It just shows you that money can't buy everything. And that is why I've always identified with UCLA more than USC. I'm not an alum. I'll be the first to tell you that. But the underdog nature that UCLA has, their ethics, their values, what they bring to the table, you know, like, let's get in the dirt. Let's work for it. That blue collar, blue pail, you know, let's go to work and get our, our stuff done today. It resonates with me, man. It resonates with me today. And I'm so proud. And the guy that personifies that more than anybody and a perfect lesson for kids watching today is never give up and keep fighting. Ethan Garbers, man. We Absolutely. Got well, and well, let me just say one thing before you yes. go to Garbers there. And, you know, it's, it's the thing that I sort of quoted after the game. And it's you can't you can't buy it. OK, you can't buy culture. You can't buy heart. You can't buy courage. You can't buy values. You can't buy will. And that's what you saw today is a team that was committed that they believed that they wanted to be UCLA Bruins. What you saw today was the UCLA Bruins beat players that were wearing USC jerseys. 
there's a difference, okay? The Bruins didn't beat the Trojans. The Bruins beat a collection of guys that were wearing a USC uniform. When you look at the Caleb Williamses and the Lincoln Rileys and all of these transfer portal guys, and it was resonating resoundly with the USC fans today in, in, in their honesty of saying, Caleb just doesn't play with passion. He doesn't care about this university. Caleb is team Caleb, and he's just looking for his next NFL moment. And this is just a stepping stone to the next phase and journey of his career of becoming an NFL quarterback and becoming a multimillionaire. He has never demonstrated the desire to be a USC Trojan. And Lincoln Riley better figure out what it means to be a USC Trojan quickly because that is going to turn, that fan base is going to turn on him quickly. What you saw here on the other side with the good guys is Chip Kelly, for all his flaws, for everything that has happened over the last six years, he wants to be a UCLA Bruin. And he might not be, again, the most charismatic guy with the boosters. He might not be the most charismatic guy with the sponsors. But when he tears up about talking about Leatu Latu's award, when he talks about tearing up whenever he references Terry Donahue's story about him being the coach and the importance of this game when Donahue went 10-9 and against SC and he said that was his greatest achievement and he tears up every time he talks about that. And he talks about what this university means in terms of books and ball and in terms of not just building great football players but great men. There's a soul there. He cares very, very deeply, and he shows it in unorthodox ways. But you saw a guy who loves and breathes UCLA values and Bruin values and players that rallied around him. If he truly wasn't capable of being a coach, and if he truly was a guy who, who the team had sort of written off and had checked out, they would not have played as inspired as they did today for him and put the best performance together for this season, Will. So this is all, there's a lesson here very, very deeply in life. You cannot, A, you cannot microwave success, and B, there are things that money can't buy. And those things that money can't buy are the most valuable things, the most priceless things, and the things that determine success and failure. And one other thing that I want to sort of point out is the, the, the key word that came to mind for me, Will, was the word loyalty. Yeah. Chip was loyal to what it meant to be UCLA. He was loyal to preparing for this rivalry, and his players were loyal to him, and his players were loyal to each other. And that's not something you can say across town right now. So the Bruins have a culture. The Bruins have an identity. Do the Bruins have a ways to go still in terms of talent, in terms of expectations, in terms of wins, absolutely. But they have the fundamental building blocks to be very, very successful moving forward. And that's something you cannot say about the team across town right now. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about Chip and kind of the whole process in a little bit. But we got to talk about Garbers, man. Yes. Garbers, what he did today, you know, it's it, it makes me almost emotional thinking about just knowing this roller coaster that this kid has been on transferred in, didn't work at Washington, comes down to UCLA, loses the starting job to Dorian for multiple years, gets his kind of moment this year, backfires against him on that interception in the end zone on the second drive of his season against Coastal Carolina. 
jockeying for the job. It looks like he's getting the job back. You know, flames out really hard two games later against Arizona. Ankle injury. This kid had everything in his corner. In today's society where people, you know, are more understanding of people switching their dream and giving up and, you know, maybe moving on to something else. This guy stayed down for this program, came in there, busted his ass. And, I mean, when we needed him most, I mean, that ankle injury after Arizona, I thought that was a season-ending injury. It looked horrible when he's coming off the field. He couldn't even put any pressure on it. He was back practicing the next week. And just the performance he delivered. The stats don't paint the whole picture. I thought he did an excellent job of managing the game. 18 of 31, 155 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. No, it wasn't without flaws. He had a fumble. But, I mean, you you pointed to a word that, you know, courage. The 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 scramble he had, you know, in the first half on that first drive. to really Head first. That 13-yard run that he had to extend the drive. What an absolute, you know, gem of a game this guy had. And just, you know, the epitome of just don't give up, stay the course. And we don't have these wonderful moments if you quit way early along in the line. So I just want to tip my cap to Garbers and, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Garbers, you raised a hell of a kid. Yes, yes, you did. That. And you, you and you raised a, a, a heck of a young man and the quarterback of the UCLA Bruins. And yeah. we're very, very proud of him. And we're very proud that he is leading this program and this university on the football field. Will, you said it so well. To me, look at his story. I mean, he's coming, you know, we'll look at the place that he's he's left now in terms of Washington, in terms of the journey. They have arguably the Heisman Trophy winner this year. He comes to UCLA. He has to battle it out, stay behind DTR, who's an NFL quarterback. He waits his turn. He pays his dues. And now... You think, okay, I've paid my dues. It's my time now. And here comes decorated five-star prodigy Dante Moore. You lose the job. And then you get hurt in, in, the, in the Arizona game after you, you sort of go up and down in terms of confidence. You said it best, Will. We didn't think he could play again. He couldn't put any weight on it. How easy could it have been for Ethan Garbers to say, you know what, all of these things have gone against me? What, you know, maybe it's time for me to shut it down and transfer and go somewhere else for my last year where I can start fresh. It could have been so easy. And it's the thing we do in society all the time now. And it's all about the instant gratification. And he stuck it out. He bided his time. He waited his turn. He worked so hard to get back on the field. And he demonstrated an incredible courage today, Will. His scrambles were so timely. His decision-making was terrific. He found the tight ends in the middle of the field. Every it's time he got in trouble, he loved finding Loya on those out routes. He made the right play. And then that touchdown on third and goal in that 14 to 10 game where the defender was hanging on his shoulder and he was about to get sacked. He finds Harden break away on that flip to open up that game and set the tone. I'm so proud of Ethan Garbers and his ability will to understand what is needed of him. In terms of this is an exceptional defense. This is an exceptional running game. All he needs to do is manage this team. Managing this team is excellence. Checking it down to the tight ends. Checking it down to the backs. Getting it to Loya on the outside is all we need. Protecting the ball is the key. And he was absolutely phenomenal today. And no matter what happens from here on out, he'll be able to say, I beat the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in his house on his birthday and beat him by 18 points to save my coach's job and resurrect some energy and passion 
into this program as they go to the Big Ten. This is one of the most special victories, Will, in recent UCLA football history. And it's all thanks to not just the defense first and foremost, but Ethan Garbers. And Garbers, to his credit, man, he was masterful in the red zone where those windows are tighter. You got to put the ball in the perfect place for a lot of these. That throw he made to TJ Harden on the rollout where his ah, knee was like this close absolutely. from going down. It's, it's one of those plays that swung the game. It absolutely swung the game. On third and goal, you're looking at maybe a fourth and goal opportunity. Maybe we send out the field goal unit again that has been struggling all year long. But that touchdown made it 21 to 10 as opposed yep. to maybe 17 to 10. 17 to 10. And huge, huge difference, Will. Okay, huge. when you talk about this Lincoln Riley offense and you talk about Caleb Williams, the difference between a one possession game and a two possession game is absolutely significant because in that situation, let's, let's look at the scenario there. It was 14, 10 at the half UCLA lost some momentum. They were up 14, nothing really had a chance to accelerate and extend. We were at 14, 10 first drive of the second half. This was a five minute drive. And then there was about nine 40 to, to be played in that game. You get stopped on that. It's 17, 10, USC now has the ball a full third quarter. Now you make that play. Now it's a two-possession game with 9.40 to go in the third quarter. And the defense knows, listen, as long as we stay aggressive and play great, we're going to have an opportunity to win this game. Because if it's only a one-possession game, you're still worried about making the big mistake. Hey, we're one mistake away, just like Davey's slipping, for this being tied. And the stadium's going to go crazy. And we're going to blow a 14-0 lead. And we're going to lose all the momentum. So the ability to have a two-possession game in that moment allowed the defense to stay aggressive and relax, knowing that they had a little bit of margin for error to, to be aggressive. And that's what ultimately led three plays later to, to Marshawn Lloyd's ball popping out and the scoop and score with Alex Johnson, which then made it a three-possession game and ultimately ended things for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I mean, just... The dog in Garbers came out today on just some of the plays that he was making, and UCLA fans and teammates of Ethan Garbers are forever grateful on what he was able to do today. Just an outstanding performance by that young man and a guy that we've been waiting for all season long to kind of have his moment. We, you know, I penciled him as RB1. I thought he was going to yes. be the second best running back in the Pac 12. Lo and behold, Madman, this is when he started peaking last season. This is when yes. he was kind of getting the steam in his engine coming out tj harden had a masterful game today 22 carries 142 yards a touchdown on the ground we mentioned that touchdown catch he had in the red zone for nine yards two uh, two catches 16 yards and a touchdown talk to me about harden today because he had a career high on the ground he was masterful that 58 yard run was such a big run to yes. seal the deal for us uh for ucla taking the victory at the coliseum harden was outstanding today on all he counts. was outstanding will uh, no question about it the stats also, you know, are, were terrific, but they don't even do him justice, you know, in terms of how impactful he was to this game. I thought what, what was very significant and why Harden went more in this game than, say, a Carson Steele and why Chip rode Harden more was because of the secondary and tertiary cuts that he was making. And so, obviously, there was zone read. He was able to make a first guy miss. And then there were all of these moments where he would make a secondary cut back inside and a tertiary cut back outside. And every carry got him an additional two, three, four yards. And so that was so critical. Steele was terrific as kind of the straight line runner. But in this game, when you're playing kind of an undisciplined defense that USC is, 
you actually need to be able to make those second and secondary and tertiary variations because oftentimes they're going to be out of position. Oftentimes they're going to play kind of individual defensive ball. Oftentimes they're going to over-pursue. So sometimes they can sort of over-pursue by accident in the right place. And so being able to make those cuts was absolutely critical. And I think what I loved so much about Harden was he never fell behind the sticks. Everything was positive. Everything was two, three, four yards. That was, I think, the one detriment to him this season. There was a little bit too many rushes earlier in the year of zero yards or negative yards. Here he was always moving forward and then ultimately found the gap in terms of that 58-yard run. Again, another critical moment there, Will. It was 28-10. USC took a lot of clock to go down the field, made it 28-13. UCLA's defense, again, was so phenomenal in the red zone to hold them to three, but it was still a two-possession game with about a minute to go in the third quarter. He said, well, SC still got kind of a puncher's chance here with a two-possession game, and Harden bust that 58-yard run to set up the field goal, and I thought Chip did a really nice job there, Will, on third and eight to run with steel, kind of straight line, to try and make the field goal as easy as possible and push that back to a three-possession game. But that run essentially uh, put that game away going into the fourth quarter. Harden was phenomenal. Now, hopefully, for Harden's sake, Will, I hope he can take this positivity and turn it into momentum, not just for the end of this season, but going into the following season. Because I think he had similar momentum, Will. We talked about it, particularly that Cal game last year. And he hasn't been able to sort of resurrect that magic from the Cal game and from the bowl game. So let's hope now he's learned those lessons. Again, the word of resilience, patience, loyalty, trusting the process. Hopefully he can be now ready next year to take an even greater step. And he had moments this year. It was more he was relying on the inability to generate consistent games. Like he would have the big run every week, it felt like. San Diego State, Coastal Carolina, North Carolina Central. You saw in the first three weeks of action, it just didn't translate to the Pac-12. So, T.J. Harden, if he can bring what we saw today into the Big Ten moving forward, we got a dude out there that's going to be one of the better backs on the you know top five or six within the Big Ten next year. I got to ask you this. We saved this one for last. Yes. Kip Kelly. You yep. know, I think we were two of the last people, you know, on the save Chip Kelly, you know, kind of wagon, if you will. And, yep. you know – the last two weeks were the last two weeks. They were very tough times. Arizona game, 27 to 10 loss. Arizona State game, still I don't think there's a lot of areas you can defend, you know, and no. what happened in that game and how it played out. I want to say this. I think I am still in the camp where I think it would be wise for UCLA to move on. But with how the university looks at what the football program is, is we are a basketball school. That's just the plain and simple fact of it. What UCLA and their donors and, uh, excuse me, not their donors, but their athletic department and the university itself want, this is just my interpretation of what they want as the head coach. Eight to ten wins each year and a chance to beat your rival every year. And Chip has done that the last three years running. He's beaten USC twice, twice at the Coliseum. He's going to, you know, if he beats Cal next week, that's another eight-win season that he's stacking up there whether that's right or wrong, whether I think that's, you know, underperforming or overperforming in some of these circumstances, I think that's what the athletic department is. I love how the players responded today. I love what they brought to the table with chip. I am still on that fence where I would be, you know, looking at different areas, but I think he's going to keep his job after the comments of Wasserman Jarman and the resounding victory he had against USC today. Do you think 
Chip Kelly will be coming back after this win today against USC. Well, you know, it's, it's it's such a great question you ask. And while you were sort of talking, I think of the movie I Am Legend because, uh, you know, you were the second last guy on earth and I was the last guy on earth, you know, <laughs> in terms of you were the second last guy on earth after after Arizona and I was still there. And then I was like, man, I, how do you defend Arizona State? I, I don't want to do it. It makes me very sad, but I'm going to have to sort of come off of, of Chip Island. And I, and I said that, but I will say this, Will. I have, you know, I, I took the, the life preserver off the Titanic. I have found myself swimming back to shore. Okay. And I will, I will say that uh, resoundingly. And, and we're, all, we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all sort of change our minds from time to time. To me, if he beats Cal and he's in a position where he's eight and four going to a bowl game, I think he's earned the right to come back. And I said, Will, at the start of this season, I expected this team to be 9-3 and three in the regular season. If you, if you look back, obviously we talked about it, three games where they were going to be the underdog, that they were probably going to win one of those three games, and then they were going to have you know uh, uh, all the other games where they were the, the favorites, and they were probably going to drop one where they were a favorite. Ultimately, Will, they, they found a way. They were, you know, if they can win this game, get to 8-4, and four, it's not 9-3. and three. But when you beat your rival as resoundingly as you did and win by 18, Chip Kelly now is, this is two consecutive victories in the Coliseum. That has not been done since 1998 uh, with Bob Toledo and then going back to the Donahue years. When you look at, we talk about the Mora era of being kind of the golden era of UCLA football, 29 wins in three years. Will, if he wins next week, he's going to have 25 wins in three years with an opportunity for 26 in the bowl game. And when you think about three of those wins recently, you're talking about last year's Heisman Trophy winner, possibly this year's Heisman Trophy winner, and a two-time Pac-12 champion. And so for, for all the talk about his six years and the record, and I get it, and the 6-26, and 26, I get it, there's also another side of this coin. And I think if he beats Cal and wins the state championship, beating Cal, Stanford, and USC, and being California state champions, I think he has earned the right to come back for one more year to prove himself whether or not he is the long-term solution. I believe he is the long-term solution, but he needs to be able to prove it on the field with wins and losses in a very quantifiable way. And I go back to this, Will. When you've got your number one booster, literally number one, the billionaire, Casey Wasserman from Los Angeles Royalty, Hollywood Royalty, the Wasserman Football Center, the prodigal son of football royalty and UCLA royalty, defending him so strongly. When you have the athletic director defending him so strongly, when you have your starting quarterback defending him so strongly, there's got to be something there about if everyone is so aligned to his defense, there are things I'm sure that they are seeing that even fans that are on the outside are not seeing. And so I get it. He's right on the fence. We're probably going to be back here a week from now uh, if, if something goes wrong in this Cal game. But if he wins this Cal game, I think he's earned the right to come back. And I think when it comes time to recruiting, the only thing I'll say is Derek McFall was about to leave. He had a ticking clock when, when uh, he, the, the talk about Chip uh, and his firing was heating up. He was going to decommit. Dante Moore was going to decommit. Guys were going to decommit. So is he the most terrific recruiter? No, but I think there's an opportunity for him with Martin Jarman to sit down with him and say, listen, let's do a little bit more with Ken Norton Jr. Let's do a little bit more with Jerry Neuheisel. Let's do a little bit more with Deshaun Foster 
on the recruiting front. Let's beef that up and let you kind of people manage, game manage, and offensively manage. I think he's earned that right. When you beat the rival in the Coliseum and you shut it down and you beat the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and you beat a guy who's making $100 million a year as the highest paid coach in your sport and you beat him by 18 and every other key member of this program has your support and has your back, there's no reason the fan shouldn't have his back for at least one more season. There's one value, Will, that we pride in above all the others as UCLA Bruins, and I'm a two-time UCLA Bruin, and that is loyalty. Loyalty matters in life. And what you saw across town is you saw players that aren't loyal to their logo. They're not loyal to their school. They're not loyal to their coach. They're not loyal to each other. Chip is loyal, and the people around him are loyal to him. So as fans, let's be loyal to him for one more year. Yeah, and I think he's going to get it. You know, all those signs, whether it was Wasserman, whether it was Jarman, whether it was the victory today and what he was able to put out there to get today was special. He's definitely coming back for UCLA next season. Madman, what a day November 18th was for UCLA and all of its fans. Such an honor to be able to do this with you week in and week Likewise, out. Likewise, brother. Likewise. This is, uh, this is a day I'll never forget, you know, just covering the team and just seeing the resounding efforts to get off the ropes and fight back when they needed it most. UCLA taking it to the Trojans at the Coliseum, 38 to 20. Best of luck, guys. I'm going to be doing the downward, you know, the what Ethan Garbers did in the end zone today. Yes, yes, yes. The fight I'm go downward. Four piece. plus four, baby. Four plus four. The eight clap. U-C-L-A. Fight, fight, fight. Let's go, baby. Let's talk soon, guys. Going to be a wild week with Cal in town. We'll be in touch. Go Bruins, baby. Fours up. This was a hell of a day.